Comics to my right, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everyone. I am well. And to my right, the GW himself, Garrett. How you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. We're here to tell you about the comics, comic books coming out for this week. Also, the comics that came out last week. We have a few of those to review, and then we have some news at the end here of uh, a new thing that DC is going to be trying out. So we'll talk about that. Um, and we'll talk about it, you know, some things they were going to shake it all up as they do, uh, as they do every uh, four years for some reason, and uh, they decided against it. So, well, actually, I think, actually, we'll talk about that later, never mind. I also almost went into the whole fucking thing. <laughs> uh, Wednesday Comics Podcast, as I mentioned before. By the way, I also wanted to remind you that supercononline.com Oh, or go to supercon.com, and there's a link there also. Uh, those are available for the month. You can still watch our interviews with uh, Rob Guillory, Ron Mars, uh, Phil Hester, uh, and Ryan Cody. Uh, uh, we do one with Phil by himself, and then we do one with Ryan Cody on the book Family Tree by Jeff Lemire. Um, so those are still up there if you want to view those. Uh, much appreciated. And also other interviews from other... Uh, uh, entities are also up there uh, as uh, Tom from Comic Book Look, who's been calling in uh, last week. You heard him. Uh, he also has some interviews on there. Um, if you want to check that out, David F. Walker, you know, one of them that is up there. So there you go. Supercononline.com. Uh, you know what, guys? I don't know. I know what it is for some reason. By the way, this is the uh, the penultimate episode of the uh, third season here. We have our season finale next week and after that will be in the fourth season of this show first season you know what the first season is kind of like you know when uh uh they make like kid shows they like drop a hundred oh no never mind no, not kid shows let me think of what was that one show anger management that was on fx they ordered a hundred of that episode of that show first on fx and that's what we did for that first season we had like over a hundred episodes and then second season third season we do uh 26 per uh, so, uh, that means guys, ever since we started season two, uh, in two weeks here, that'll be another year. Cause 26, 26, 52. There you go. Damn uh, math. And then we'll start season four. It's not really like a big of a thing. Uh, we don't do much different between seasons. It's just a way to kind of keep it organized and kind of keep, uh, so that way, you know, like when, you know what, actually, yeah, it'll be like late 2020 2021 for the next season so just a nice way to keep the uh things kind of straight they're organized uh i organize that unlike my comics uh alex can attest <laughs> to that uh alex could you imagine imagine this imagine i was fucking crazy and uh, instead of organizing my comics as you do by title and by uh, publisher i instead organized them chronicle 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 how do you say it chronological 
Okay. Chronologically. Chronol. Chrono. Yep. That thing. Um, <laughs> and we'll put them in order of when they came out. Now that would require two things: me to remember stuff, a, and then b, <laughs> me to have the energy to organize anything, b. So. And you know, usually the date on comics is like three months in advance, right? Or yes. three months. It's supposed behind. to be like magazines when they can pull them, uh, but they don't do that anymore. You don't get magazines. We all worked in retail before. The magazines, they pull them after like three months, you can get a credit back on them. Uh, they don't do that for comics anymore. They used to before it became part of the direct market. You know, Diamond Comics and uh, DC uh, decided to go with another uh, shipper t- uh, just announced today. So, you know, I'm sure that's working out for them. Oh, here, right here. Wait, wait, DC's going with a different shipper from the one they were using? Yeah. Actually, I, I, I thought we talked about this before we started. Uh, well, DC no, Comics. I thought you were just talking about the. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, they, what, are, what was that company called? Uh, UCS. Uh, they were using the uh, UCS Comic Distributors, which was DCBS and Midtown Comics. Uh, oh, right. Adios. Uh, they're going to use uh, Lunar now. Lunar. Oh, boy. So, you know. You know, stuff's going great when you got to switch. For the third time. And uh, additionally, DC is requiring orders through Learn to Distribute a total of $125 per week or $500 a month. Uh, the minimum order requirement goes into effect December 6, 2020, three days before my birthday. I'm sure that's birthday present for me. So uh, there you go. So, Huh. I feel like uh, DC should just go back and apologize to Diamond and... Uh go back to the old ways but you know whatever hey and do you i don't think it's really anything any kind of bad blood because in the uk it says here they use diamond and then for all their young adult and kind of like graphic novels and for bookstores they use penguin random house so uh they're still with diamond over in the uk just the u.s and uh i think for a while that had to do with obviously uh things shutting down here and they weren't to go with a different distributor that was still going to be sending stuff out uh, and then they thought maybe they get, maybe they made more money. By the way, also, a lot of DC since this decision has been made has been rehauled, and now it's under different kind of management, uh, which we'll talk about later. Which probably led to the change of uh, something happening that's happening later. But speaking about DC Comics, let's look into the comic books coming out for ten twenty twenty twenty, ten twenty twenty twenty. Batman one hundred and one. After the laughter, part one, a new day dawns in Gotham. The horrors of the Joker War are just being realized. A bold new direction for Batman begins. Get it? As Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's circumstances are forever changed. How did the Joker's rampage affect the citizens of the city? And why does Cold Cash, a.k.a. Grifter, now work for Lucius Fox? This is James Tinian, the fourth and Gillian March. Uh, art by Gillian March and colors. Oh, excuse me, the cover by Gillian March. Uh, Alex, what do you think? They'd be at Batman 101. So Grifter's going to come into this book. Yes. Okay. I, I, I like that. A weird, not weird, but just a, a nice crossover tie event of having, or, you know, just kind of like expands the world, uh, knowing that Bruce knows everybody in the godforsaken universe. Um, I, I don't know. After 100, I'm not really excited for it. I mean, I don't want this book. I'm not going to drop it necessarily anytime soon. But I am a little weary to know what's going to be coming up. And that's not even me being negative. That's just me not enjoying the last issue. Um, oh, but yeah, I, I, do like, like it, I huh? do like where James Tate is taking the book. So 
I mean, I like, I like how the book has been elevated, uh, just cause you can't live up to what 98 had already expressed for me. Whatever. Whatever. Hey, by the way, I'm not going to share my screen cause we know what the fuck happened before the show started. This whole thing almost fell apart. Um, but Gillian March is drawing a Batman uh, as older. He looks really old. He has wrinkles on his face and stuff. So, mm-hmm. not like he doesn't look like Grandpa, but he certainly looks old, like late forties, maybe fifties. Maybe there's a time jump. Then, no, because I was gonna say. Well, meanwhile, <laughs> next right next to him is Catwoman, looking young as ever. So, I mean, I don't know. And Batman is still fucking ripped. So he's like, uh, he's he's your uh, bat bat dad, and uh, maybe that's what they're gonna go for, bat dad twenty twenty. So maybe he's just uh, frowning so hard because he got burnt toast or something. To be fair, he's not smiling at any of those. So yeah, I uh, mean, he cooks his own breakfast now, right? <laughs> doesn't he, the guy doesn't even know how to cook, <laughs> bro? He, he probably just has hot pockets in the bat fridge. That's the thing. Alexa, is, cook my hot pocket. He open. traveled the world. To learn fucking martial arts, but he never learned how to fucking put the toaster in. So, sorry, my Alexa just went off. My bad, guys. Asking him how to make toast. Uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Robin King, Peter J. Tomasi, Tony Patrick, Riley Rosmo on art, Daniel Sampre also helping out there. Um, oh, it looks like there's two stories in this year: Peter J. Tomasi, Riley Rosmo, and then the other one is the Tony Patrick, Daniel Sampre one. Of uh, the Robin King, who we saw a little bit of in the, uh, was it a special, right? Uh, yes. It wasn't a full one. It was one of those uh, DC specials. It was, which one was it? Detective 1027, right? Or was it not? Yes. Yes. Uh, I believe so. You can imagine that fucking, look at that memory. With a utility belt filled to the brim with weapons designed to kill every hero in the DCU, Robin King is a sadistic soldier. And dark in the darkest night, in the darkest night, evil army. Can anyone stop him from laying waste to Earth's last line of defense? And how did he become one of Batman who laughs Groblins in the first place? In the backup story, can Robin liberate Gotham City from the darkest night's control? Oh, okay, so we got uh, we got the Robin King in the first story, and then the second one is more about actually Robin. Uh, it looks like actually it looks like a lot of signal. It looks like a lot of the just the the sidekick. So. Uh, there we go. Robin King. Check that out. Uh, did you guys read Dark Knight's Death Metal from last week? No. I didn't read this. Okay. I mean, I think we talked uh, about it, but haven't read cool. it yet. Well, uh, I'll just say there's a little bit more Robin King in there, and it's pretty intense. Mm. So this is a good follow-up issue, I'm sure. Black Label Book. Check it out. Uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn number one. The Joker is dead. Bruce Wayne is behind bars, as he should be. Fucking criminal. And Gotham City... He doesn't say that there. I added that. <laughs> In Gotham City... Well, now he doesn't learn how to uh, learn how to cook. Different continuity. Um, Gotham City is just starting to redefine itself without Batman as Harley Quinn struggles to adjust to her new life as the mother of Jack Napier's twins and an elusive mastermind called The Producer... Seizes the moment to assemble a crew of villains, starting with Starlet, a serial killer who murders Gotham's Golden Age film stars. In an homage to silver screen roles, when a recent, gruesome crime scene suggests a connection to the Joker, the GTO FBI agent Hector Quimbley turns to Harley as the one person with information that could crack the case. With some help from Bruce, Harley agrees to investigate, but to protect her children and her city. From a final, fi- uh, fatal final act, Harley must flirt with madness and confront 
Her Own Path. This is written by Sean Murphy and Katana Collins and art by Mateo Scaletta. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Uh, and also colors by uh, Dave Stewart. It looks fantastic. Uh, Dave Stewart with my... Alex, I never knew I wanted Mateo Sclera art with colors from Dave Stewart, but it looks fucking fantastic. Uh, Mateo, the oh, last time we it. saw him was on Black Science, and uh, uh, Katana Collins and Sean Murphy. I think Sean's doing the story, and Katana's actually doing the scripting. Uh, that's his wife. Um, and this is still in the Dark Knight. Just give me the White Knight world. Uh, looks good so far. I'm very excited for this. I mean, if it's I'm anything... Excited. I didn't realize like there's so many good... Go ahead, Alex. I, I didn't realize there was so much good DC stuff coming out this week. Robin King, this? I'm excited for this book. This would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, to fill that void of uh, White Knight till next... I'm sure Volume 3 is next year, probably. So, yeah, let's go. And I think it's going to be kind of like Hannibal a little bit, too, with Bruce being in jail, except he doesn't eat people. Silence Yet. of the Lambs? Clarice. <laughs> Oh, uh, Big Girls number three, Jason Howard, Jason Howard. Farm life is no escape from the Jacks, but Amber has worse problems as she battles her toughest foe ever. What do you think of you, Garrett? Ever. Uh, Big Girls is awesome. Like, I just caught up on issue one and two uh, last week, and yeah, it's a fun sci-fi, and uh, there's definitely some big babies or some big boys and some big girls that... Uh, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it reminds me a lot like a Pacific Rim, just no like robot armor, robots, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's remember that first issue I, that big baby gets fucking blasted away. <laughs> well, that was a little bad, but <laughs> the little uh, whatever zombie babies uh, that we see at the end of issue one and issue two, I'm like, yeah, there's gonna be like a zombie plague with giant baby monsters and. It's going to be nuts, but I like the story so far. It's pretty fun. Black Magic, number 15, Greg Rucka, Nicola Scott, Ascension 1, Part 4. That almost fucks me up. Ascension 1, Part 4. Descend against the forces of hell and revolt within the orders of witch hunters deep in the peril surrounding Rowan Black and the people she loves. Wild card assassins and renegade demons enter the field and century-old conflicts threaten to become a free-for-all melee. What do you think, Alex? Uh, good. I remember when we talked about the last issue. I know Marvin hadn't read the issue prior to that Listen, one. Listen, uh, we make mistakes in life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's so good to be back in that black magic world. But sometimes I, I, I want a little bit more. Like I know we had some, we had a good fight scene between uh, stitched up demon chick and Alex, and then. Uh, but you know what? We haven't seen Rowan do anything amazing lately. I mean, sure, she was hanging out with that girl, which then thought that thought that her and Alex were sleeping out. It was, you know what? There's a lot of teen drama in that last issue. I want to see Rowan beat the shit out of somebody. One of these demons has got to get like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go after the big wig and just get blown away. It's good, but I'm I'm waiting for something to blow my socks off, and I haven't found that yet in one of these issues. And I know me and my big mouth. I'll be putting my shoe in my mouth probably later this weekend because it's going to be the best one I've read. You know what I'm waiting for in that book? Pre- what? Previously in Black Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me what the fuck's going on in your own words. 
Catch me up. <clears throat> hey. Sometimes uh, you skip an issue and uh, you don't even realize it. So, by the way, also, wasn't there a big gap between? Oh, that was, never mind, never mind. Uh, that was a couple of issues ago. Uh, Family Tree number nine, Jeff Lemire, Phil Hester, Ryan Cody, Eric Gasper, Forest part one, new story arc. Everything changes for the Hayes family as the tree plague envelops the world. Envelops. Jesus. Meanwhile, in the future, Josh fights for his life and uncovers an arborist plot. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? The family tree. Uh, are you both caught up on family tree? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cliffhanger of last issue uh, going into the you know break. Um, so excited. I mean, this is going to be a brand new world uh, in family tree. And it's going to be interesting how the uh, family kind of is involved in it. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm curious if there's a time jump. Uh, maybe it takes place right after the last issue. Uh, the cliffhanger with uh, everyone turning into trees and whatnot. Spoilers. Sorry. You had your chance. Um, but yeah, shit's about to get real. It's about to turn into like a tree apocalypse instead of a zombie apocalypse. So uh, yeah, exciting stuff coming up. Gideon Falls, number 26, Jeff Lemire, Andreas Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart. End of the story arc, Wicked Worlds, part five, arc finale. As the Gideon Falls multiverse is beset by even greater peril, Molly and Fred meet a familiar face with a malevolent, malevolent new expression. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? The uh, Gideon Falls. It, it's hard to believe that we are two issues away from wrapping this book up or one issue away from finding, you know, penultimate issue here and i'm just my mind is blown that in two months time we'll have finished this book and it's going to either have wrapped up beautifully which i think jeff will do i don't have any doubts about that because i know last issue is going to be like four issues long uh but i am kind of in that nervous state now because there's the last like three issues we have have just been either action you know one scene with a lot of action or running away or uh horses when we're in the western town i don't know what to expect which is good i'm excited to be nervous and not know what's going on but not that i don't know what's going on but not sure what to expect but it also makes me go oh my gosh what's gonna happen so it's good it's it's very good sorry long story short it's good <laughs> gideon falls uh so this is the end of the story arc and this is you as alex had mentioned the next one's gonna be oversized 80 pages uh it is called the end the mind-bending conclusion to the Ice War winning series by New York Times best-selling writer Jeff Lemire and artist Andrea Sorrentino uh, with talents from colorist Dave Stewart. An oversized giant of a story where all the universes of Gideon Falls finally converge. Can the combined forces of this ragtag band of adventures be enough to stop the Laughing Man and his limited, limitless legions of evil? And that is coming out... So this one's coming out this month. There's no issue next month. And this comes out December 23rd. So Dang, Christmas issue. Christmas gift. <laughs> Christmas gift. Uh, so uh, a month and a half. So it's going to be the end of next month. Uh, as End of December, excuse me, uh, when that'll come out. So take a little bit, but uh, we'll get there. Um, it's going to be, like Alex said, a size of normally, I think Getting Falls is like 22 pages, something like that. So it's almost four issues. And so... That's why they're. That's why it seems weird. They're ending the arc with this issue coming out this week, 
But then technically the next issue is like a whole arc anyway. So uh, what else we got here? What else we got here? Um, Scumbag number one, Rick Remender, Moreno de Nucio, uh, part one. I feel like this came out already. Did it not? Or I've just been hearing about this book forever. Recommender launches an all-new comedy espionage series, the scumbag story of Ernie uh, Ray uh, Clementine, a profane, illiterate, drug-addicted biker with a fifth-grade education. He's the only thing standing between us and total Armageddon because his dummy accidentally received the power uh, imbuing Sarah, ser- making him the world's most powerful super spy. A new ongoing series will feature a murderous row of all-star talented... Oh, yeah. So this is the series Recommender where each issue has a new artist. Uh, it's going to include Andrew Robinson, Eric Powell, uh, Tula Lotte, Wes Craig, Roland Bosco, Simone DeMio, Margaret Savun, Duncan Fargario, Yannick Paquette, Mike McCone, Dave Johnson, Moreno Decino, and very more. So there we go. Hey, there's a little trailer in here. We know how we love these. <laughs> So that's all it's going to be. All right. Um, if you had to wa- uh, read, I believe this artist worked with Rick Remender on the last days of American crime. I think that's what it was called. Uh, I read that. That was like, oof, we're going back 2007, eight. Um, so it does have that kind of style to it. It looks like this might be a little, uh, a little, it's not going to be like a full series. I don't think. It says ongoing series. It does say ongoing series, but I don't know. Is that going to be like, so Rick Remender, obviously, Deadly Class, where, where's, that, where's that book been? Deadly Class, yeah. uh, Alex, help me out. Rick, uh, Black Science. About what? Uh, With all the things low, he's written? Tokyo yes, Ghost? Tokyo Ghost. So those ones are obviously have a world to build low. and they're very all expansive. This one seems like it's just more of a, a fun book, a comedy, as he puts it, all new comedy, I just pronounced series. So, there might not be so much. Uh, it might not be that heavy to read. So there you go. I think my only thing is that <laughs> I actually thought this was a five issue run, and I'm notorious for getting mostly. Rick, I mean, all the Rick Remender books, at least giving them a try. I am going to get this one, um, but I thought it was only going to be five issues long. But to hear all those artists, I, swear, I have a hard time believing it's only five issues. I swear that I saw it was a limited series, but it says ongoing in the solicits. And also, maybe much like mind. other people, maybe. And that book's also I've I've heard about that book for like two years now. So, um, uh, it's finally coming out. So maybe it started as a mini and then evolved into an ongoing. Uh, we'll see. But <clears throat> I don't think. I mean, besides, Low is still coming out. It's just not coming out, right, Alex? Like they're not done yet. Correct. And there's still, I think, two or three issues left to come out, and then it's done. And then, uh, uh, did Black Science ever end? Yes, it ended like a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> and because uh, we said I was going to catch up when it ended, and I, I haven't paid attention to that. I uh, think it ended around the same time East of West did. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Deadly Class, which isn't over. It is, but it hasn't been out in a little bit. Uh, probably, what, three, four months? Is that yeah, something right? like that. I know we talked about it this summer, but... I don't think we've talked about it since it got cold. So, TMNT, this is IDW, ongoing number 110. Sophie Campbell writing it, a new artist, Jody Nashima, uh, Raphael, and how do you say this girl's name? Alopex. Who? 
A Lopex. Oh, Alopex? Yeah. Come face to face with a new group of mutant bikers intent on doing things their own way. Will the Roadhogs be friends or foes? Alex, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I uh, So here's the spoiler for everyone. I am not caught up on anything. I've been playing Diablo 3 now on PS4. Diablo uh, 3? You know, I'm a busy man. Killing stuff. But it's good. It's not, you know what? Honestly, since we got past like 104, uh, it has kind of taken a turn for it. Not as exciting. And I think a part of it's, it might be the art. I haven't seen uh, this new artist yet, so I don't know. But the arc with the eel and stuff, it was okay. I just felt like this book isn't isn't quite as hot as it had been, and I don't know if that's necessarily a Sophie Campbell, if that's just that uh, Eastman hasn't been on it as much and Tom Walsh isn't on it, so I'd, I, who knows? Or it could just be I'm getting old and senile and I just want things to hate, so who knows? Well, I don't know. It, it almost seems like surround the cover there and they're part of a bike gang and stuff like that, which seems kind of not TMNT-like. Uh, it's almost like when I try to introduce the the uh, turtles. My son wanted to watch that cartoon. I watched it. It was an episode where they played basketball. It's like okay, this isn't. Uh, I don't know that about that series. You you've been reading it, but it does look weird that cover to me to be like okay, they're gonna have a bike gang and he's riding and Raphael's on a bike also. Uh, what uh, not really like a, a Harley, but he's on a bike like a. But, yeah. Go ahead. But mainly the weird thing is that they've talked about. So it's been ten issues that. They've been mute in Mutant City, and I would think by now there'd be some kind of way to either we're looking into developing a cure, or there'd be other things. They're focused so much on this city trying to make it a big deal, when it's really not. They're so focused on such a small city when we used to be all over the city fighting crime and doing other things. It just seems so minimal, yeah. and there's so much more they could be doing with it. Uh, Marvel Comics, here we go. Uh, if they could, they will. Uh, milking more issue 50 of Amazing Spider-Man 50 LR, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, last remains, sorry. Uh, Nick Spencer, Matthew Rosenberg, Federico, Federico, La, uh, Vincentini, uh, Sarah Pichelli on the cover. Last remains is huge. It's so huge. Can I be contained within the pages of Amazing Spider-Man? Kindred's assault is so epic, it's going to sweep the other superheroes of Marvel Universe up in its wake. All this in the bombshell dropped oh. at the end of ASM, uh, means Spider-Man. 49 rolls towards one of Marvel fandom's favorite characters. So I guess this is uh, like a, what, a tie-in? I thought it was issue 50, that's why I brought it up. No, issue to, 50 we had came last out week. last week. Yeah, yeah. Well I, well, I thought maybe this was like 51. Like, you, I don't know what the hell 50.LR means. Yeah, they do that sometimes. They Ugh. it's just adding some background noise to what's going on. I'm not getting this. It's just basically like, oh, how are the other eleven heroes in New York affected by this one villain? You know, like. It's, meh, by the pass. way, <clears throat> I did see uh, they're teasing some news that something's going to happen to Spider Man that will forever change everything about Spider Man. So that'll be coming oh, up again. Mm, again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Daredevil number 23, Chief Marco Chiteto, uh Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, so putting his life back together after the monumental first year of Chip Chip Zdarsky. And they almost tricked me. I didn't expect Chip's name to pop up in this thing. Uh, and Marco, Marco Chiteto's run, but the criminals of Hell's Kitchen aren't inclined to give him any more time to heal. Criminals are all Matt will have to con- contend with 
on the road ahead as the likes of Typhoid Mary, Typhoid Mary and Bullseye have made their presence known once more to say nothing of Electra and her designs for the kitchen, the city, and the world. Well, first off, I, I said, by the way, speaking of, because Spider-Man's <laughs> in the cover, but he's not mentioned whatsoever in any of the solicit, so I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? Daredevil. Um, I, I've loved Daredevil. Uh, I think the only one I haven't really enjoyed was that annual. Um, so uh, if this is a new arc, because uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Issue two, oh, issue 22. Just kidding. I know where we're at. Um, yeah, it's fun seeing some new characters in play. I don't know enough about uh, what's the lady's name you called her? Typhoid, Typhoid Mary. Mary. Typhoid Mary. I don't know anything about that character at all. So I'm not sure what she's all about. I know Kingpin and Daredevil have some relationship with her. But I don't know what that is. Um, but with Electra and Bullseye, I feel like there's a lot going on. But it's like a good thing because Daredevil's just been so much fun, and Chip's writing an amazing Daredevil story. Uh you mean uh, Chip Zdarsky? So, wait, did I say Chip Zdarsky? I can't do it. <laughs> Should have tried. <clears throat> Uh, Typhoid Mary is uh, an enemy of Daredevil and also mm. leads to date. So, uh, I mean, I don't know so hey, much anymore hey. in this continuity, but yeah, Garrett, I mean, Alex, uh, no. in uh, on image, was there still water number two coming up this week? I only asked because Chips Zdarsky is right in that one too. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't remember seeing it, but I will go back into my archives here and see if what I can find. Uh, on my list here. Let's see here. Stillwater number two. Here we go. Uh, Cheap Sadarsky, Mike Spicer. Daniel West has returned to Stillwater, but his homecoming is anything but happy. What secret in town is hiding from the outside world? Is the town hiding from the outside world? And can Daniel save his mother from meeting her fate within the park? Find out in Skybound's newest horror sensation. Uh, there we go. Bye. You know why? Because they put the title Stillwater by Zadarsky and Perez. And so, uh, Ramon Perez. And so, like, I thought for some reason, I like, when I see Stillwater and then I see Extra after it, I always assume it's a reprint. Uh, but there we go, number two. I'm very excited for that. Uh, issue one was probably one of my favorite first issues in a while. Uh, also, I felt like the first issue of this book kind of set the pace for this book to uh, feel different, never know what to expect. So issue two coming out is very exciting. This close to Halloween. Cause you know what they say, right? They say trick or treat. <laughs> Still I, know what, I, incredible, I, so. I never know what they say anymore when it comes to you. <laughs> I know I was going to be like still tomorrow water today or I don't know. And who knows who I'm talking about? <laughs> Xcaliber number 13, Teeny Howard, R.B. Silva. R.B. Silva? Uh, Exosaurus Part 9, by the way. And I don't expect any of you guys to be caught up because I have not read any of this event so far. Um, <clears throat> and so I probably just, you know what? When we get like to that one, where there's like an issue halfway that's supposed to be like a, a milestone, maybe I'll read them all then. Did you guys read any of these yet? No. Shit, God, man. No. I'm like five away from part two. Like, <laughs> I have five books in front of part two. And then oh. I can read part two through this week will probably be like ten. So Well, yeah. So so here's so here's my intention, uh, is to at least 
definitely read all my X-Men stuff leading up to uh, sort of Storm of Swords or whatever you want to call it, and then catch up on whatever I can get caught up in the story, just so that the next week when we do our show, I can go, yeah, it's good, or go, I don't know what the hell is going on. Right now, I'm still at the, I don't know what the hell is going on. I rarely go out of alphabetical order, but I will for this one just because we're talking about it. Uh, X-Men number 13, Jonathan Hickman, Manam, Azar, Exosorts part 10, Lessons, Longing, and What Has Begun Cannot Be Undone. Uh, so that one, yeah, 9 and 10 out this week. I feel like 9, 10, and 11 were out this week, but I guess that's it because it would be X for the X-Men. So uh, I'm with you guys. I'm behind, but I feel like that book binged is probably best. You know, with everything going on, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, a lot of connections to make. And so, you know what? Just binge it, baby. Binge it. Uh, Iron Man 2, uh, Christopher Catwell and Cafu. Uh, Garrett is not cut up with this, but uh, uh, I did hear some positive word of mouth of this. So there you go. Uh, issue number two out this week. That cover, uh, Iron Man is certainly uh, too hot underneath that armor. Take it off. Put some air conditioning in there, Tony. I don't understand why uh, you got to be trying to kill yourself within the armor like that. You, anybody see this cover? It's just like oh. a, it's like Iron Man, his a new new old suit, his new suit to look like his old suit, and there's just steam coming off of his body, and he looks like he's in pain. So it's like <laughs> the dude put on a quesadilla maker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolf by Night, number one of four, taboo. Benjamin Jackenoff and uh, Scott Eden. <laughs> By the way, I did not. So I only picked this book because Taboo's writing it. And he's from the Black Eyed Peas, if you guys don't know. And I'm like, first off, what's he doing writing a comic? But, I mean, you know, I don't know. He could be the best writer in the whole world. Uh, but I did not know he was writing this with Benjamin Jackenoff. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I might have picked it for that reason. Um teams up with Scott Eaton to tell that big tale, Righteous Fury, an incredible transformation in the mighty Marvel manner that is not to be missed. Uh, it doesn't look like, originally, uh, the werewolf by night should be Jack Russell, right? But it doesn't look, Jake, there's an all new Jake in here, it says. Maybe his name is Jake O'Russell. So, there you go. Nice little Halloween tie-in. You think, though, they would make it so that issue four came out right before Halloween instead of issue one. So then you can read issue four in February, and it's going to be too cold out there for any werewolves to go out there by night. So, I mean, unless they like the cold. They got a lot of fur. I don't know. So that's from Taboo and Benjamin Jack Enoff, as I said before. So there you go. Um, Dune <laughs> House Entries by Benjamin Herbert and uh, uh, Kevin Anderson, Dev uh, Praminkin. Uh, on this book. So uh, Brian, I'm assuming, is related to Frank. Uh, oh, maybe I should read this. Set in the years leading up to the Hugo and Nebula award-winning Dune-inspired series of the new feature film from Legendary Pictures, Dune House Entry and at Redis transports readers from the far future of the desert planet Arrakis. What did, I, what did I decide to pick this one? There's too many words here I don't know. I'm, I've never read Dune. <laughs> It looks interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you saying? And there's so many things in here. Like, the next thing, you know why I quit? Because the, the desert planet Arrakis, where Parat Kane's <laughs> seeks its secrets. Meanwhile, a violent coup is planned by the son of Emperor Elrude, an eight year old slave, Duncan Idaho. I can say that, Duncan. 
and uh, the run, hey, the country runs on Duncan, uh, seeks to escape his cruel masters and a young man named Little Atreus uh, begins the faithful journey. <laughs> These likely souls, unlikely souls, are drawn together first as renegades and then something more as they discover their true fate that changes the very shape of history. So uh, it looks interesting. It's by Boom Studios. Boom is getting, uh, this is one of what we're used to seeing from Boom is like an adaptation. Uh, the art looks fantastic, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to call this out. But if you're excited for that, that new Dune movie, which is supposed to come out around Christmas. Oh, no, it got delayed. Didn't get delayed yet. It got delayed until next year. Uh, well, I mean, get, get a head start, I guess. Uh, I guess this was coming out this month, so it can tie in with that movie, but I guess not. Mighty Warfarin Power Rangers number 55, Ryan Perrette, uh, Moseas Hildago, the Power Rangers Thunder Zords versus the Dark Ranger Terror Zords. And nothing will ever be the same, Alex. Even in this one, nothing's gonna be the same. Plus, the shocking first appearance of a character no Power Ranger fan ever expected. Oh, who's that gonna be? Okay, so if it's not Ooze, uh, they've again dropped the ball. Yeah, I uh, you know I thought a lot about it, Al, and yeah, I think once this issue's out, this is my last issue of Power Rangers as well. Because like beyond this, it's just gonna get beyond what I was setting out to read with this book. And yeah, if that character isn't Ivan Ooze, bye-bye. Like, come on. This is your chance. If you bring Ivan Ooze in, you got me for the next year or two. Guys, must be such a secret that they don't even have to solicit for 56 out. Well, 55 is the last issue. Oh, okay. That's what I'm splitting into Mighty Morphin. Mighty Morphin. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah, like I said, I, Ivan Ooze in, Garrett in. Ivan Ooze out, Garrett out. I'm going to slime out of there. I think it would be gross. Uh, regardless, I'm going to get out. out but there. there you go. That, I don't know. Slime out of there just sounded way too gross. Uh, regardless, I won't be getting the Mighty Morphin and the Power Rangers separate books because that's just two more books I don't necessarily need to be collecting when I've already got uh, 100 X-Men books i got to catch up on and read. So... I'm excited to see this this book, this issue specifically for the fact that we got the Terror Zords and we got the Evil Rangers, which has actually been a really kind of a fun little get together. Uh, but when we're done, see you later. I got other books to read. You're saying if Ivanu shows up in that book, you're not going to still get it? Fine. Okay. If Ivanu actually really shows up, I will at least get the one. I'll get Mighty Morphin and I'll get Power Rangers and give it a try to see if it's any good. Uh, if Ivan News doesn't show up, yeah, who gives a shit? All right, all right. We have an accord. You heard it here. You heard it here first. I'll give it a try. So there's a new Green Ranger starting in the next series, it looks like. Yeah, it's fucking Dracon. Sorry, spoilers for all you people that love villains coming back and working with the Power Rangers. Are we sure? Nope. See, see that doesn't even sound good. Are we sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm this could be Ooze. Sure. <laughs> it's not Ooze. <laughs> That would be too clever. Yeah, and the last time they did this cliffhanger thing, we thought it could be Ivan News. It was Dracon. And we're like, oh, the bad guy that took over the last three years of this book is now going to be a good guy. Cool. Great storytelling. Is, is, so Dracon, just for the uninitiated like me, uh, is from a different universe? An evil Tommy, yeah, from a different universe. Oh, it's Tommy, but evil. So essentially yeah, it's, the Green it's Ranger. It's Tommy that ran into a pole, got, got burned too, and then uh, he's really mad all the time. So it's gonna people. the green new Green Ranger is gonna be the same as the old Green Ranger. Correct. Okay. Right. Something is killing Just the children. More angst. Number eleven, James Tony the Fourth, 
in uh, Werther uh, Del Idra. Uh, Eric's Erica's gambit to save Archer Peak has failed. Now the town is under full control of the Order of St. George. And if the spirit of the monsters can't be contained, then the order might move to eradicate the entire area. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I know you're not caught up. I love this book. I'm not caught up, but I can still say it's excellent. I've read the other first ten issues, and it's amazing. Um, Let's just say last issue, somebody fucks everything up. And yeah, there's... There's ant, there's creatures everywhere. So this next issue is going to be explosive. If you catch my drift. Whoa. Okay. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it. <laughs> okay, this guy over here. Um, previous world. <laughs> All right, there we well, go. Let's... Are we in Brooklyn now? What was that? There's these. Uh... <laughs> What? I heard you go, uh, what are we doing over here? And I was like, are we in Brooklyn? Hey, what's going to be your pick this week, Garrett? <laughs> um, ooh. I'm going to go, is it Family Tree number 10 is the one that's coming out this week? Nine. Nine. nine? I'm going to go Family Tree nine. Um, I thought the cliffhanger of the last issue was super fun and like obviously... <laughs> Coming off the heels of uh, talking with Phil Hester and Ryan Cody from Family Tree, can't be more excited for the next arc. By the way, you That's like how choice. you asked me and I waited till Alex answered and then I answered pompously like I knew what it was too. I'm like, yeah, nine. And I didn't. <laughs> I don't know why I answered that way. Alex, what do you think? Oh, I got to go with Harley Quinn, the White Knight, number one. I don't know what the actual title is, but those two things match just fine. Uh, super amped to get our third dip in the pool of White Knight storylines. And uh, honestly, this is a Harley Quinn that I can get behind. I think she's so well written. That makes me super pumped to get this next six issues. Uh, I'm going to go with Stillwater number two. Chip uh, Sadarsky. First one, surprise. Excited to see what the second one holds. That's not ongoing, right? It's not just a mini? Or is it a mini? No, it's not going. Okay. So I'm excited to see where that goes, especially after the first issue. We had such progression uh, in that uh, kind of uh, blind turn there. And so I'm excited to see where that goes. Hey, I'm going to tell everybody out there right now, recommendation. If you had not picked up one, pick up one and pick up two this week and read them, especially if you're a fan of horror. It is it is a set, certainly uh, that time of year to get into horror uh, uh movies books whatever you want to do and so uh if you're a fan of the uh kind of like cultish uh weird town thing that's that's the book for you so here you go rainbowcomicsandcards.com your definitive source for all things comic books it is the website to go if you want to order these comic books that we've spoken about it's uh rainbowcomicsandcards.com uh, and you know what? Not only the place, Alex, if you just want comics, it is also the place uh, if you would like to get any memorabilia. RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Oh, you got to hit that cabin. Uh, <clears throat> I tried to go to it, and, and uh, I guess you got to push enter on the keyboard. Otherwise, it just sits there. Uh, so if you want to get this week's comic books, RainbowComicsAndCards.com. There you go. Um... Guys, we read three books. The first one we're going to talk about here <laughs> is um, Captain America number 24. 
Tennessee coach Daniel Lacuna and Alex Ross right on that cover. Very uh, uh, creepy cover. By the way, so <clears throat> at least the last few issues haven't been... I mean, Captain America in general really isn't a book that like I wouldn't let my uh, kid look at. Uh, my son, who's four. Uh, nothing really that kind of gruesome in a Captain America book. Uh, but... This last issue, this cover is kind of scary. So you can't show this to your kids. So, uh, Garrett, let me go to you first because you had mm-hmm. been, you were tweeting, uh, tweeting, texting us your thoughts on twenty three, and then twenty four comes out. What do you think of the Captain America? Uh, I thought issue twenty four was pretty damn good, and I think you could have had one page of issue 23 explain everything that happened in issue 23 and then go here to issue 24. Like you should have thrown issue issue 23 should have literally been tagged on to the end of issue 22 because that whole story I I could see coming a million miles away. And I thought it was pretty bad storytelling to be honest, but it pays off in this issue because I think this issue was pretty great. Uh, kind of going over what Sharon's had to endure over the past couple of years uh, since, you know, Zola and Dimension Z and whatnot, um, and her kind of new mission going forward. Also, while including Steve and Steve's mission and what Steve wants to do, and them kind of bouncing off each other uh, in more ways than one. Catch my drift, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I liked uh, the dynamic between the two, and I thought there was like, you know, it's kind of mean because now she's young again, so there is a fresh chemistry with Steve and uh, Sharon. You know, doesn't have to walk her around in the wheelchair or anything anymore. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I like the issue, and, you know, obviously we have the Red Skull bits as well, and, that was exciting because I'm like, I feel like we're finally getting into the juice of the story that's been been trying to been that has been trying to been told since the beginning of the series. And <laughs> I think we're finally getting into it. So that's exciting. I'm glad I didn't drop it. But yeah, if it would have kept going like issue 23 was, I would have been off this book in a hot flash. So Alex, what do you think? I I think for me, the, the Akuna art was enough to make me enjoy the book. Uh, I do agree with you, Garrett. 23 was kind of a, a, a letdown. We all saw that Sharon was going to turn back into a, a young, foxy 22-year-old and uh, who apparently likes to fight now, which, like, I like the chemistry between Captain America and her, but sometimes I felt like this issue, she had something to prove to Captain when all he was looking for was someone to, ha- you know, to have this relationship that he's had for so long and that he's always loved her even when she was 112 years old. Um, she, <laughs> but in that, that scene where they're, they're, they're fighting each other and she goes, well, don't hold back. And so then when he does punch her in the face, which either there's a lot of spit or a lot of blood came out of that mouth. Um, she even then asks him after she punches him back going, well, did you hold, you know, did you hold back? And he goes, well, yeah, 60, you know, that was 60%. Oh, I, I, I don't know. There's some confrontation, but she's unhappy. With being a, a hot, a hot twenty-two-year-old. Hey, by the way, just lost eighty years. Let me say this, <clears throat> Tennessee Coates. Uh, love your writing, uh, but was this issue sexually charged from page one? I mean, <laughs> Steve, like she's been old for how long, and then like now she's young, and he's just like, "Fuck, dude, I gotta, 
And so you're right. That fight hey, is very sexual. Dude, they've both been in a three-year drought. Like, come on. <laughs> that fight was very sexual. And then they literally have sex. They don't show it, obviously. It's a Marvel book. But <clears throat> they show the post-coitus. And, and, po- and Poise goes, Sharon goes, now that was a workout. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Um, and Captain hey, America, man, first done off. playing dominoes. So, you know, it's... <laughs> I will say, as no more Sudoku. I will say, uh, Daniel Kuna draws uh, a pretty nice looking uh, Captain America. The dude is sitting in that bed. I'm just like, I was looking at the muscles. Not only jealous, I, I it's like when you see a piece of art, baby. This thing, I, I don't know how he's chiseled. Uh, um, I'm looking at him, being like, God damn, that chest. It has to be at least you know like 50 inches wide. I don't know. I don't know measurements. I don't know math. Uh, but I just know that if my head were to try to ram into that chest, I would not only die, but I would crack in half uh, from that <laughs> chest. So uh, the man is uh, he's drawn in a way. And also I did like the way Sharon also is drawn. Usually she's drawn to be like this thin, not not like stick thin, but like she's lean. And she, but th- in this one, she actually had muscles. She kind of looked like Sarah Connor from T2 uh, kind of look. And so I did like that kind of drawing. Uh, Daniel Kino's art, I think, was fantastic, especially during that fight scene. Um, and I do like the way the story is going. So obviously you have the Red Skull living in a body, Alexander, who doesn't... Alexander, who is a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Understand? <laughs> and so he does not want to be evil without cause. He has morals. And his wife's like, go fuck yourself. Let's be evil. Which, first off, I don't know how he got married to her and just realized that she's like this. Um, and she has some sort of fetish for this Red Skull. Uh, unless we find out that within her is going to be the Red Skull's daughter. I don't know. And then then you have some kind of questions. You're going to be like, what happened in that relationship? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I did like the way it's going. Uh, I did like the setup that we had these two stories kind of running parallel. We didn't have really interactions between them. It was just kind of resetting up Captain and, and uh, Sharon and then setting up Alexander slash Red Skull uh, in that storyline. So, um, hey, yeah, go ahead. What, what, what is Sharon's new name? What's her? She's still going um, to my agent. Hero. She's still going to my agent. Okay. Yeah, she was like, I'm okay. still an agent. I just don't have an agency. We're the agency, baby. Oh, yeah, that's what she says. Like I said, this thing was sexually charged from page one, baby. Uh, she's like, me and you are the only one. We're our agency now. Yeah, I think she says, baby. <laughs> I'm not even, that's not me throwing a little sugar on top. That's her. Uh, she was ready. She she not only got young again and got, and by the way, so, Ka- so Red Skull uh, is, uh, uh, Alexander says, I can feel the victims of the Red Skull haunting my dreams and Sharon's like all the people that were in that fucking crystal that she got her youth back they're inside of her now like all the other souls uh and they're saying avenge me and the whole time I kept thinking being like maybe this is why I mean that's why she's so strong but like uh she's she's acting like not only does she and she says this uh she's not only is she young again she's felt better than ever you know she's got some steroids she's pumping up (laughs) Well, she's basically she's got, a demon. She's got a thousand souls in her. Like she's it, it is weird though that she's like, I got other souls in me, and she's like, let's use these and avenge them, rather than be like, hey, how do I get these out of me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's well, like, oh. I'm guessing she's using those thousand souls to charge up that libido. If she's like, mm-hmm, Captain, you and me now. 
Do you think the light bulb went off that she's like, holy fuck, there's another thousand people that are old as shit because I have their soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, and, and Suri's the one who like uh, took it out and put it inside of her and she's like, uh, you're going to feel uh, a little, uh, what did she say, extra charge or something like that? And she goes, well, putting it lightly. I'm like, I feel like better than ever. And it's like, couldn't Suri be like, hey, here's your soul. We'll say the rest of these. Don't give them back. Tell her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you that's have to understand from 23 is that Suri takes it upon herself to be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I could use this crystal and, and help other people, but you're going to get all 1000 souls. Make you know what? Let's make a deal. Essentially. <laughs> you know what it's kind of like? It's like if I were to hand Alex a bag full of candy, go, yeah, pick yourself one out of there. And Alex just takes the whole bag. And I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> I told you one of them. And Sharon just took the whole thing. That's what happened. <laughs> Uh, I am not kidding. This Captain America's chest. He's like, he's got the shield right in it. And, uh, uh, this thing. That's where he starts it at night. (laughs) (laughs) I, when I turned that page, I was like, first off, and once again, sexually charged book. I don't know, like why all of a sudden they decided like, let's put some more sex in this book. Sexy time. Uh, but (laughs) the first time you see Steve, uh, once again, post coitus, uh, he, only has the bed sheet around his uh, private area, and it looks like that kind of picture of Burt Reynolds that he took for Playboy or Playgirl, and it's just like, what the fuck? This is Captain America. This dude was so serious in the last issue, and then now all of a sudden he's over here being like fucking Quagmire from Family Guy. Uh, <laughs> not only like making sexual, <laughs> sexual innuendos when they're fighting, and uh, but now like like when they're I don't know it was just fuck, it, it was appropriate because like you said Garrett they've been out of drought and these two have, yeah. these two obviously were still together but I just don't understand that she was old and he was I mean there's they still would have liked each other but he was like yeah you're old now though I can't do this like and then <laughs> and then she became young and he's like where you been and she's like fuck I've been here I just haven't been this young uh, it's not like she was gone. <laughs> okay. Captain want to break her, man. <laughs> Give an old lady a broken head. Can't do it. <laughs> Sexy Cap reminds me is my new character. Not only do I have uh, Matt Murdock trying to pretend that he's not blind. I mean, he is blind. There's no way he can be ca- uh, Daredevil. But Sexy Captain America in this book. <laughs> was the most hilarious thing unintentionally hilarious thing or intentionally I don't know TC Coates get back to me I don't know if you meant to him to be so hilarious but I just can't get that that panel out of my head when he's laying there in the bed <laughs> but uh you know what I would give this issue a nine like I was impressed like the what we've gotten the last couple of issues has been kind of a letdown and I think this one really proved to me that I should stay on this book so nine for me yeah, I'll go with Eight. that. I'll go with nine. I, I thought the art was really fantastic. Uh, especially, like I said, during that boxing fight scene, whatever it's supposed to be. Kicks boxing. I don't know. Trying out to ring powers, calibrating, whatever they call it. Um, but, I think it's called foreplay in this book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, but like I said, I think all parts of this are a good part one to where I want to see it goes. And, I mean... The solicits say, and even the book said that it was all Die Young uh, continues. So it essentially is part five of the same arc. I don't know how, because it definitely does feel like a part one. Um, especially since it was like, I guess I guess technically the power elite, like 
it's still continuing what happened in the last issue, but it's not. It feels like we we were on a new path here. But I mean, it still says it's the middle of the arc. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. See where it goes, especially with that issue 25. As we know, uh, that definitely will be an anniversary issue. Ten bucks. It'll be ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Captain America number 25, 2020. Let me look here and see, guys, how much we're going to be charged with this baby. Only $4.99. Uh, oh. But it definitely is an anniversary issue. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, here's the next book here. Rorschach number one. That is Tom King, Jorge Fornes, and Dave Stewart. By the way, Dave Stewart, calm the fuck down, dude. This is like the seventh book I've said your name on so far this uh this show so um rorschach he's number not one doing black hammer right now so he's looking for work <laughs> uh rorschach number one what do you think you're alex you know what it was it was good and i think probably just needs to reread it like i enjoyed it but i'm also i don't know if i'm confused or not so in the book when when we find out who this rorschach is is he he's not actually rorschach because kovac is dead from years ago. Yeah. Or is he not dead? I mean, I guess that's part of the question, right? I I don't know what I even read tonight. (laughs) Does that make sense? I don't know Um, know what's going on. Yeah. I feel like it's way too early to like start putting pieces together, obviously. Well, the prince matched. Um, I think like... What? The prince matched to Kovac's old body. Yeah, the prince did match Walter uh, Kovac, so... But the Rorschach that got shot in the head was an old man. Yeah. Crazy. Who knows? I mean, I feel like with a I feel like with a Watchmen s story, you know, there's always going to be a severe amount of ambiguity in the beginning, and it's going to make sense as more goes on. And like I told you guys last week, Tom King said he's writing this like as a each issue will be like it's like if he's writing one complete thing. Yeah. Just splitting apart, so it's I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I. Thought the art style definitely reminded me of Rorschach or like the Watchmen Age, um, and they put in some fun Easter eggs here and there. And uh, obviously, you know, with Robert Redford going up for re-election, and um, you know, some other th- touches like you see the uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame Adrian Veidt's on there, which I'm like, really, you're gonna put Adrian Veidt on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Like, didn't he murder all of you? Like. <laughs> You murdered all your families. Um, so the thing, actually, uh, I wanted to say here, Garrett, um, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't notice. So you're saying that you, you, he wrote it all. He's writing it all as one big story, which it definitely does feel like chapter one of a main story uh, where normally some comic books could be written for the issue. This is definitely read as like this definitely is written as a complete story. Um and so I'm very intrigued, but also it kind of lacks that, like, oh, I feel like I need to read the next issue. Well, I mean, I do, but it does. there's no cliffhanger, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I guess technically that Kovac thing is a little bit cliffhanger, but like Alex said, there's not enough there for me to be like, what does this mean? Uh, but I thought the art's fantastic. Jorge Fornes, that scene of, the, of Rorschach or the person who got shot <clears throat> in the lady on the catwalk and them celebrating down below the nomination of Robert Redford. <laughs> I'm just giving it up. Trolley? 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 Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. But I did notice that, do you remember when they were examining that body and they pulled up the Rorschach mask, they were like, yeah, this kind of fits with what happened over in Oklahoma. 
which is where the TV series took place in Oklahoma. And uh, I read in an interview afterwards that Tom King said he doesn't want to contradict anything that happened in that TV show. So it kind of... Oh, shit. So in a weird way, because the TV show does not contradict anything from the original comic either. Like, it's definitely a direct continuation. So this is also a direct continuation of the TV series. Um, oh sick that's awesome i've loved the tv show so Holy yeah there's that part i watch that show oh it's so good. they i mean they bring it up in here so i assume it's gonna have some sort of part or even even if they just refer back to it because when they're looking at the mask he does say like this uh what does he say like this uh reminds me of what happened in oklahoma a couple months ago so and that's where that whole series takes place and it makes sense because a lot of people were wearing rorschach masks so see you know i thought about that because i was like when they said Oklahoma, I was like, ah, it's not going to connect to the TV show, but that's awesome that it is. That's Yeah, I saw Tom King even, Tom King even brought it up. He says he's not going to put anything in this book that makes it seem like that it's not part of that show. But I don't know. I think they might be Easter eggs like that. I don't know if it's going to be anything like purely based on that show, but it's definitely not going to be not going to be something where you're like, okay, this can't be the show because of this, this, and this. It's going to be like, okay, they could exist together. So right. I think that's cool. Um I definitely did like it. I like what you said with the art style there, Garrett. Um, mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of like a 70s kind of political spy uh, thriller, like detective kind of, um, like an all all the king's men uh, or uh, all the president's men um, kind of vibe. And or uh, or um, shit, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that uh, movie fucking called? Three Days of Condor. And so, like, it really def- definitely feels. Like I, I loved it, but also it doesn't it definitely does feel like chapter one. So, uh, it's really uh, strange for me to be like, oh, like I can't. I feel like there's some a part of me that would be like, I can't really judge this until all ten are out. Obviously, I am because we're gonna review this here. But um, I feel like this is gonna read awesome or twelve. Uh, this is gonna read awesome when it's all collected. Uh, Especially yeah, I the, feel like said. we'll get some clue, like issue two. I'm sure we'll get at least one thing answered from issue one, and then we'll just kind of keep rolling into the next issue, you know. And eventually, what we thought issue one, not having any answers, we're gonna have some, but we get all kinds of brand <laughs> new ones. So that's pretty exciting in itself. And oh my god, what if you know, like say Doctor Manhattan when he blew up Rorschach and Watchmen again? Spoiler, sorry, you had forty years. Um, what if he just got transported and that was just his ectoplasm? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so because that's a lot of blood in the snow. <laughs> he was so blue. He tell, so he teleported him. He's dead. He was blue he blood. Okay. I maybe it was red in the comic. I was thinking sure. of the movie. <clears throat> um, I think part of it is that so much like when I read Mister Miracle number one. I remember enjoying it and then being like, but I don't really know what the hell is going on. And I think a part of it is that I, I need to, one, I need to reread it again. Because I read it as an issue and not as the first chapter. So I expected there to be some kind of, uh, not necessarily wrapping up in a nice bow, but being more user-friendly where it's not. And which, which is fine. I know that once I get into issue four or five, it's all going to make sense or it's going to start leaning towards something. Um, but I've gotten used to the, the, the King, not the King. I got used to King writing much like when I read vision, it was per issue. Yeah. It had a story that it's going to tell, but every issue there's something that made me go, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Uh, I can't wait to see the next thing. 
And so I, I want to be excited, but I don't I don't share your guys' enthusiasm for this issue. Uh, mostly because I didn't get that. I didn't see that Easter egg. And I get the, some of the ones that we saw for Watchmen. I'm sure there'll be a Doomsday one that comes up along the way. Um, there was Frank I'll, Miller in here excited. too, right? I'm just not there. There's a little Frank Miller nod in here too. Oh, yeah, the radio the, thing? Yeah. Oh, here I found the part of the comic. It's when they're doing the kind of like flashback about the mask. And they go, store-bought, just Halloween stuff, man in China, like everything else. We're trying to track where it was bought. They probably paid cash, but maybe there's cameras. You can get lucky. And then he goes, but there's a million of these things. It's a pretty popular costume even after what happened in Oklahoma, which makes sense because in Oklahoma, and this is not a spoiler or whatever for the TV show if you think it is because it literally is the first scene of that TV show is that white supremacists wear the Rorschach mask as like a way to cover their faces. Uh, And so... It's not like seen as a, a positive thing anymore, and so he's saying basically it's even popular after all that still. Like people are still wearing it. So, um, <clears throat> which you know, like like Garrett said, I feel like this book, since it was written the way it was, is definitely going to build. Uh, it's definitely going to get to a point where it'll be exciting, and we'll have more information. The first issue is, you know, like any other first issue, except this is not written like they're trying to sell this one issue and they know they're getting 12 and this is part one of that. So uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm going to give this one an eight. Like, I think like as a first issue, it was strong. Um, Obviously, it's not all there just because like, again, we're going to learn more as we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had some brow furls by the end, but I thought I had, I had more fun than I had that going on. So I'm going to give it an eight. The art was great and the story was was fun the entire way through. I really love the art and the panel choices and the way that everything was set up. So I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, I'm going to go with a six. I liked it. Just it was, I, I know that this first issue was not what I was expecting. So not what I wanted. But I, I still enjoyed it. It was fun. Speaking of Mr. King, Tom King, uh, Strange Adventures number six, Tom King, Doc Shanner, and Mitch Gerrads. Uh, halfway, this is the halfway issue of this series, another 12-issue miniseries, maxi-series from Tom King. Uh, in this issue, we have two stories. Obviously, I mean, the whole time we've had two stories, one in the past, one in the present. The present day story, what we have is uh, Mr. Terrific and Mrs. Strange having a conversation about what went on with her daughter and how she passed away. And then in the past story, we basically see uh, Adam Strange uh, and Mrs. Strange, uh, the war. The war we've been talking about forever, the war we've heard about since the first issue, the war that the uh, guy in the first issue yell that Adam Ford and saying, I know what you did on that planet, tortured them, killed them. You're a, uh, you're a murderer. And guess uh, guys, I mean, are we still going to try and believe Adam strange and his wife after what we've seen in this issue? Um, <laughs> yeah, she is covering up some mad crazy shit. Like is what I would say at the beginning, they go to, they go to the uh, peaks, pikes, and uh, are, like, trying to be like, here's the rules for war, which uh, makes sense. I mean, we do that as humans, the Geneva Convention, being like, these people are off balance to try to kill medics, stuff like that. Um, and then they're saying something, 
and uh, Adam Strange. Like you don't even know what they say. They're like obviously, and they're just like, well, they're speaking. A, they're speaking their language and not ours. So obviously, that's like uh, uh, they mean to be hostile. And he fucking shoots the guy, and then so that starts them fighting. And there's a moment later on when people are trying to like uh, retreat and they kill them. And there's a moment later where Adam Strange could like knock one of these uh, peaks off his wife that's trying to like choke her. And he comes up execution style and shoots him in the fucking back of the head. And I'm just thinking, this is not the hero who we thought he was. And she even says to Mr. Terrific, right? She says, we've done some things, some evil things, especially after their daughter died, Alana, and um, that we're not proud of. But there's a difference between she was in danger and he came up and shot this person, which first off, I don't know. Uh, don't you just shoot and be like, get off of her rather than say, hey, and walk up behind them slowly and blast them in the back of the fucking head. And also those other people were trying to retreat and they still killed them. So like there's bad and there's evil. Now, and this book is definitely adding to my belief that as of how the story is being told right now, that uh, Adam Strange definitely it might have been accidentally shot his daughter because like all in the flashback sequences, you know, he just seems extremely guilty, um, you know, but you like I can see the juxtaposition. Uh, whatever juxtaposition that it's like oh it got out of control it was an accident from the other side but I think like Alana uh, is trying to uh, you know protect Adam and make him you know feel better for something horrible that he did and then you know I almost was surprised you didn't uh, transition from Captain America to this book because talk about sexually charged I mean you can tell full on that Alana is trying to seduce Mr. Terrific into walking away from this case. Like that, those scenes at the end where they get to Mr. Terrific's place and they're like sharing the same air. I was like, this is like one step away from a full on affair. Like this is crazy. Like I was so caught in that moment that I was like reading and I, like you could see Mitch grads like showing their breath as they exhale and, I think that's what was a positive of reading this issue digitally is because I, you know, did the panel by panel view and holy shit, was that so intense when I was reading that dynamic between the two. But I'm like, you're definitely trying to cover up for your husband doing something because well, you're working really hard. And I do think that, so Mr. Trivik tells a story about how his wife died and she was 35 weeks pregnant <clears throat> and she died in a car accident and he lost her and uh, he feels guilty not that him and his unborn, her and her unborn, uh, their unborn child died, but prior to them dying, he was not ready to be a father. And what he feels guilty about is that he might feel some sort of relief that he doesn't have to be a father now because he didn't want to be. And he tells that to Mrs. Strange. And I think actually, Al, uh, Garrett, if you go back and read it, I think that's when she starts putting the moves on him because she sees that he's vulnerable in that area. And I think it's mm-hmm. part of their like their plan to like make him get off the case. And he kind of like doesn't go for it. He goes, hey, whatever war's coming, I'm going to keep looking into what happened. And he, she's like, fuck. Uh, she's just standing out there in the cold. Uh, but you're right, though. Like, she definitely did try. They definitely did breathe the same air. She got really close. Um, I mean, I thought it was beautiful storytelling and, like, a masterclass because I was just, like, so, like, I was just, like, holy shit. 
like this lady that this whole entire series has been like behind her husband. Like she has no problem sleeping with another dude to even protect him. I was like, damn, that's some dark stuff. Like, you know, like how, how much did he do that? She's willing to go. I mean, again, it could be a fake out. You know, I'm hoping it's a fake out, you know, especially when the title character is the one that's in question here. But Man, I was just, I was amazed because I never saw that coming in a million years. I thought they were just going to have like this conversation and like Miss Terrific was going to try and get some information out of her. And she was just going to be like, well, my husband, he's the best. Like he's not a killer. But it, when it, what it turned into, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, that had a lot of sexual tension in there. Well, to be fair, she's, she makes it hard to not believe that he could be a killer uh, after he had been kidnapped as we find out the end of the issue that he got taken by, I assume, is it the picks that took him? I don't know. He, I, thought, I thought he, Zeta being back to Earth at that point, potentially. Oh, I thought, because, I, I thought you could see his foot being drugged away. No, because that, that same foot, if you look in the page, I looked there too, I thought, oh, maybe he's being dragged away, but then I went back, that same red thing is in the same spot, Alana's in the oh. same spot, but he's gone. Okay. There, I I, when I looked again, I thought it was a foot being drug off. I, I, it's I, still there between both. That's his helmet that's laying there. Um, but I do believe that Garrett, uh, that uh, Alex is correct because three figures are over them, and then the next oh, one, they do next one, they're gone. Okay, so. that's fair. Because um, they talk about that whenever after he had gotten kidnapped, after they had done whatever they did to him, he came back a more grizzled, unhappy man. Um, but I also have a hard time believing that even if I was having such a bad day, I don't think I could ever turn on my daughter and be a monster like that. There's the one. So whoever was calling Elena and and Strange over the intercom every 10 seconds, asking them to come help fight people who I assumed had to be her dad. One, her dad is one needy bitch. Uh, <laughs> but I also got to thinking, you know what? The one person who would slow down. Adam Strange and the misses from being good soldiers is his daughter. And I don't know how good of a father uh, Elena's dad really is, but I could see him being that kind of person who'd be like, you know what? I need to take out the weak link and that would be their daughter. This is the one person who's holding back Strange and my daughter from being the best that they are. So I'm almost shifting phases to him. Yeah. I mean, I think there was an accident. Something happened. Yeah, between either Alana, her dad, or Adam, that for sure someone like something happened, and I don't know if it was like a we'll find out more, obviously, but like a state of passion, some an accident, like a fire went off, and someone got hit. I mean, obviously her daughter, the daughter. So when we find out, I'm sure it's going to be heartbreaking, but I think it's going to be like a, definitely an accident, but an accident out of like some kind of strong emotion. Um, <clears throat> uh, both artists and on this issue, fantastic. Uh, the there's two double page spreads by Shatner and which look fantastic, and then like you were stating, Garrett, about the other story, just like the storytelling that Mitch Carrad does in that section, I thought that was fantastic too. Um, uh, this issue might be one of my favorite ones out of all of them because it not only clears some stuff up but also makes some stuff less clear, if that makes sense. Like, it definitely does show that they did some bad shit on that planet in that war, but it does not show if they're still those same type of people. 
So like it, like she says uh, at one point we did some bad things on that uh, during that war and we had to, but that doesn't mean that we killed that that Adam killed that guy. And she tells a story on how their daughter would they were ambushed and that's how she died and whether or not she's just playing the seed of you know like this is what happened I'm telling you the truth well meanwhile she's lying about it uh but she does state at one time she's like I'm not ashamed of our actions she goes I'm ashamed of our actions but I'm not afraid of them so she's like I basically regrets of what they did but she's not afraid that she was that way um which means to me like are they still capable of being that way even though they know it's not right, right? They might feel some guilt over it, but some things you have to do and some things are necessary to do, especially to protect your family. Um, I will say also that um, <clears throat> if we went out to uh, break down the mystery, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she did it. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Because he was at that book signing and she, that guy was like, I know what you did, this, this, and this. And not only like, does all that stuff protect her, um, protect Adam, but also, I mean, that's her whole family on that planet. That was part of that war. Like you were saying, Alex, like her, her father was like, I need you over here. We're going to do this, this, and this. So like, who's really leading that army? And, um, I think she definitely has more motive to do it than Adam. Uh, even though he does have motive, it's not as strong a motive, I don't believe. Um, but I do think as Mr. Terrific thinks, the key part of this is going to be the daughter. And so once we figured out what happened with the daughter, even though they did tell us what happened to the daughter, I don't believe that story. Um, I think that is like the key that unlocks the real reason why this guy is dead. Damn, Marvin, that's a great theory. That that sounds, yeah, you're right. It totally could be her. The way she's just so manipulative and like seductive, like that's a, that's a really good. Well, I think it shows... Off even in like that scenario, what she's willing to do for Adam. And she kept saying like, he came back a changed man. And then, but then they talked about like some other things and she was like, uh, he was like, how did you do this? And she goes, it's Adam. Like he, he's able to do these great things and really looks up to him, not only as her husband, but as this like hero, uh, that almost like in a way that she idolizes him and that there's nothing he can't do. And at what point does it, does she not protect that? And, uh, it, it wouldn't, there's a weird, so like the, the panel, which in which they, I went back and looked the panel in which they hear that story for the first time about <clears throat> that guy getting shot in the head, uh, with that laser gun. Um, she's like just smoking in bed and Adam's like just staring at the screen and she definitely does seem like way more casual about it because like you definitely feel like she should have been way more shocked about it. And then now with these, uh, the alien invasion, she does not feel like she's scared about it when basically her whole planet basically almost died or did like they got destroyed from this group. And you definitely feel like she should be afraid, uh, but she's not. And now we see this war showing like how devastating it was and she's still not scared of it almost seems like that it's some sort of plan on their side maybe with her father to distract from what's going on even Mr. Terrific says like I don't know what's happening right now but this is not going to stop me from looking into your family 
And uh, I thought that I think that was her plan to, you know, put so much distraction out there that uh, the only people who the only person who really cares now to figure out the truth is Mr. Terrific. Everybody else forgot about it. Yeah. And like, you know, you brought up that scene where they're having that taught those peace negotiations between or not the peace, like the Geneva Convention. But I think it was her that she shot first and then Adam followed suit after she's like, oh, we can't understand them. Uh, so that must mean they don't agree with our pre-talk. So she shot the guy in the chest, then Adam was right next to her, I think. Uh, let's see. I actually just had that <clears> one second ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. She does shoot him first. She says, yeah, I so, believe uh, you can understand us, but you don't have the courtesy to answer in the way we might understand. So I'll take that as a no. And she shoots him in the chest. And then Adam. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking brutal. Oh, see, to me, that's like, oh, that's, I can understand that. Justification. You're going to be Justification. Not respond. Well, it's not a violent act, know. though, bro. It's a disagreement, maybe. And they obviously that's didn't have guns drawn. It was it was literally a meeting that probably could have not started a war, and they started a war. So it's like the woods. I guess we won't know. I mean, maybe we will. Like, was that the escalating point? It certainly was some sort of escalating point uh, for them. Like. Yeah, I think Adam even goes uh, three down, a few more to go. And it's just like the way that they see it as like this, them being dispendable uh, is not like the war should have a like they shouldn't want the war, but they definitely do take a little bit of joy in killing these people um, more than they should. So especially as heroes, like they shouldn't be happy that they're doing this. Anyways, Stranger Adventures yeah, number six. But I, think, yeah, I think being a hero is in, in the eye of the beholder because for those people who's that planet, they are the heroes. But they that at that point they didn't they weren't fighting yet. No, I know, and I get that. I know at that point in time, all they did was just murder three people. And then Adam was happy about it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like a He's hero, the Punisher. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, there's definitely something going on here that some sort of PTSD like whatever happened on this planet definitely did change them and but did it only change Adam or did it change her too or was she always like this so oh especially I mean even that last issue when they're stuck inside that cave and they almost fucking die like how much does that change them so like I don't know I definitely do find it intriguing it definitely is a book with a lot of stuff you can look into and and try to figure out. I just know for the next uh, five issues, one, two, three, four, five, six issues, um, I am very much looking forward to it. So this was my favorite issue of the week. This was a 10. Yeah, 10, 100%. is so good. Agreed, 10. So it was so strong and actually was the most uh, eye-opening issue that we'd read tonight. It it definitely was one like we're like we I mean we've been talking about it for like fifteen minutes here. It definitely was one that had layers, but also within the issue, I think uh, both stories uh, the uh, uh, Miss Trivic and Mrs. Strange part, as Garrett had mentioned, like was great storytelling, and then even the other part was like enough to make you question like who are these people? Like, do I know who these people are? That like, do I believe this guy anymore? Do I believe that somebody can really turn into a monster during during war and do what needs to be done and then still be 
a hero afterwards and not still be that monster. Can they turn it on and off like that? So, um, yeah, so those comic books we read this week. Nice, nice little batch there. Uh, Rorschach number one, Strange Avengers number six, and then uh, Captain America number 24. Uh, you know what? A nice week. Nice little week. Um, we're going to talk about next just briefly here. I won't go through all these, but I'll go through, definitely go through the ones that are interesting to us. Uh, starting in January, January and February, DC is going to be going through a little change with Future State, they're calling it. Uh, they're not calling it an event. They're just calling it... Uh, maybe they are calling it an event. It doesn't say event here, so I don't know. Um, so basically what happened is they were planning on changing everything with their 5G thing. And then, you know, now I believe uh, they have new people in charge and stuff like that. So maybe they were just like, yeah, maybe don't change Batman from being Batman, huh? Um, so these are the books coming out for that month. Basically what it is is, uh, how much did I say, Garrett? Five years in the future? Yeah, five years in the future, January and February. So uh, it's future stories with all new characters, uh, all new creative teams, uh, just to kind of like show some new stories for two months. I don't know, like the re- if the reason is just to give us something new, or they uh, want the writers and artists to uh, catch up or to uh, some new status quo or whatever it's for. But I just want to tell you one thing: it definitely is. It's definitely interesting to see something new come out of there and be like, okay, well, it's temporary. It's two issues at most for some of these, and so some of them are only one shots. And so it's kind of like a nice little break, uh, January and February. Uh, they definitely do also look very colorful and fun instead of being very uh, dark uh, kind of books. So uh, Aquaman number one, that's going to be by Brandon Thompson and Daniel Sampri. Brandon Thompson, didn't he make the uh, the book that you used to read, Garrett? Um, oh. Uh, Horizon? In, yeah, Horizon. So he'll be doing Aquaman. Uh, there's the next Batman by John Ridley and art by Nick Darrington. Uh, Darrington. Um, and he did American Alien, right, with Superman? Or Nick Darrington did the art, I think? Uh, yeah, I think he did one of those issues. Um, yeah, I think he also did the... What was that mini? Not mini, but that indie title we read. I think it might have been Image or it might have been something else about the guy who used to be a superhero. And oh yeah, um, oh that book was good. He did. I think he did um, the art for that book. Yeah, I know what you're under talking about, but I can't remember what the five issue run that it was. <clears throat> and his super villains now, uh, like Lex Luthor, almost just lots of money, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were friends yeah. now, so we're not friends, but they were not enemies anymore. Colleagues or something. So, anyways, uh, the next Batman, John Ridley is a, a screenwriter. He uh, wrote twelve. Uh, 12 Days of Slave, is that what it's called? Um, 12 Years. 12 Years of Slave, yep. Uh, so he wrote that, and this is his first crack at writing something for uh, comic books. So Gotham City has always been dangerous, but now it's downright deadly. Following the tragedy of A-Day, the mayor allowed the private law enforcement group known as Magistrate to take over policing so-called mass crime. And in the new rise, it gives us a new dark night. What is the mysterious crime fighter's connection to the former Batman weaponeer Lucius Fox? The fight for justice has never been this dangerous. Uh, and then there's two backup stories in there. Uh, 
so two issues of the next Batman, and then we have a Batman Superman by Jen, Jean Lu Yang and Ben Oliver on art. That's a one-shot. Catwoman number one, I believe that's a one-shot also. Otto Schmidt on art, Ram V on the story. Uh, I will tell you something. All these covers look great, uh, the way that it's designed and the colors. I think it looks fantastic. But uh, Dark Detective number one by Marco Tamiki. Hey, is that the person from your book, uh, uh, Alex? Who? Uh, Marco Tamiki? Yeah. What? what book? What was that book with the animals? It was like a French book that you were reading? Oh, no. That's uh, Andolfo. Oh, that's right. Dan Mora on uh, uh, art here. Uh, backup story, Grifter, written by Matthew Rosenberg and Carmen D. G. Domingo on the art there. So there we go. The world thought Bruce Wayne was dead. They're dead wrong. Oh, this is the Bruce Wayne one. Uh, when the sinister paramilitary organization known as the Magistrate seized control of Gotham City, the original Batman went big to put them down, but even the Dark Knight couldn't predict how far this evil force would go to stop them. Now Bruce Wayne is on the run. So this the the Dark Detective will be Bruce Wayne's book. So he's still around. Um, the Flash by Brandon Vetti and Dale Eaglesham. Green Lantern by Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Ranney. Uh That is actually John Stewart, an elite team of lanterns. So uh, the cover actually has three rings on the floor uh, like somebody died. And who knows? Who the, uh, is that Hal? Is it Kyle? Who knows? Harley Quinn number one, Stephanie Phillips and Simone DeMille. Uh, Wonder Woman number one. This is one I was telling Alex about before the show started. Oh, excuse me. I didn't notice there was two Wonder Womans. Uh, Joel Jones, Joel Jones on just the Wonder Woman. And then there's one Immortal Wonder Woman by Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Art by Jen Bartell. Uh, Jen Bartell, you guys know. What was that book you used to get? Oh, I'm getting that. Blackbird. That was that. Uh, Blackbird. Blackbird. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Justice League, sure. number one. Joshua Williamson. Art by Robson Rocco and Daniel Enriquez. And then a backup story by Justice League Dark by Ramby and uh, Marcico Takara. Supergirl, Kara Zor-El by Margaret Bennett and art by Margaret Savouge. Uh, Legion of Superheroes. That's uh, Brian Michael Bennett and Riley Rossville. Huh. Bendis. Nightwing by Andrew Constance, art by Nicola Scott. And then Robert Turtle is going to be uh, Megan Fitzmartin and Adrian Burrells. By the way, so far, like a lot of these people are not comic book writers. Uh, some of them don't have credits on here. I just know from looking them up prior. Like this Robin one, for instance, Megan Fitzmartin, she used to write in Supernatural. So uh, oh. it's just giving them a shot to do like a two-issue story. Shazam from Tim Sheridan, <laughs> Edward Pensia. And Suicide Squad, Robbie Thompson, Javi Fernandez, uh, Garrett's favorite here, Superman of Metropolis, Sean Lewis, John Timms. There you go. The old uh, Clark Kent entrusted his sa- earth safety to his son. Now John, oh, it's a Jonathan Kent book. Okay. He takes over for his papa. Huh. Mm, Mark Russell, Stephen Poo on Superman versus Imperious Lex, number one. Uh, that's a one shot. Also, Superman. Oh, yeah, here you go, Garrett. Superman Worlds of War by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Mikhail Hanin on the art. 
Ooh, yeah. Uh, this monumental future state title features four big stories. Clark Kent is gone, leaving a Superman-shaped hole behind. People gather in a small vault to celebrate their hero. Little, little realizing that he's across the galaxy helping others, Superman has gone to War World, where he fights as a gladiator in the deadly pits of Mongol. But this Superman we're talking about and his ideas of victory do not line up with the expectations of Mongol's horde. So it's a little uh, gladiator Superman. Uh, that's what the cover shows. That's pretty sweet. That's bad. Shows, shows him fighting these fucking monsters. Uh, kind of. Uh, oh yeah, he's got he's got he's got the S on his chest, and that's like a a, a lock. Superman Wonder Woman by Dan Waters and Lilia De Luco. Swamp Thing by that's Ram B and Mike Perkins. <laughs> Teen Titans Tim Sheridan and Raphael Sandoval. Uh, the oh yeah, I think that's it. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of good things here coming out here, and uh, I feel like them taking the two month break might be what they need to kind of reshift because we've been talking about for a while here that DC's kind of, uh, you know, not really been the greatest. Uh, we Batman's been good, or at least it has been good. Uh, it's been better. Um, but beyond that, like the Superman books need a refresh. I think Gary can attest to that. Yeah. Hell yeah, they do. Um, some of their best books, they just canceled suicide squad. You guys were telling me were fantastic and that's done or at least been canceled. So only a couple more issues left or one issue, whatever. I don't know what's going on. Um, so definitely do need, especially with the new management style to take that two months to kind of realign things. Maybe I'm not sure that's why that's happening. Uh, but I do like that they're, Obviously not giving most of those books. We had Ram V. We have Brian Michael Bennis, Sean Lewis. We have some comic writers in there, but they're mostly not. Most of the people who are going to be writing issues for the first time. Uh, to kind of give the writers and artists a break, or at least a two-month lead, to uh, kind of refresh things. So, um, like I said, I don't know if that's the reason, but it, it, I would take that reason. And I would, I would hope that that's enough to get us going in a new direction where... Um, I'm back on DC's side. By the way, also, I just want to let it know. I don't think Marvel's doing any better right now. I think those big two are in a big lull right now. I feel like they have, you know, two to three good books. Uh, and even those books sometimes aren't the greatest. Uh, Alex, for instance, didn't like the last issue of Batman. Uh, Garrett uh, didn't like the Daredevil annual. Like, even though those are good books, they don't have the greatest uh, track record with some issues. And so... Really, what my joy is coming from is mostly the other stuff right now, and so I. But but I might. You know what? We're three guys reading comic books here, and there are definitely a million different things that comics could be about. But those stories, for me, as somebody who loves mythology, and I know Garrett does, and I know Alex does, like that's our mythology in these day and ages. And I like to see people use those characters not only to tell stories that are relevant to our world but you know sometimes it's like seeing a nice blockbuster uh and i sometimes like a blockbuster that doesn't make me fucking roll my eyes so i'm just asking that they you know put a a, you know put a little bit of thought into it and uh uh um i kind of like to see those two come back uh because you know right now at least in the movie world we're not getting those kind of stories and so you're my only hope comics let's go 
<laughs> or say comic 605 at gmail.com. That's the email address, 605-215-1849. That's the phone number. Or go to wednesdaycomics.com and click on the message button to leave us a message. Or you can go there also and click the button to um, uh, purchase our merch. There's a website right there. Get yourself a nice uh, shirt, a nice hat, uh, a nice coffee cup, whatever you like. Uh, also go there and see ways to subscribe to the show. So this is your first time listening. You can also subscribe uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, your radio, or just a few of them. There's 10 different ways to subscribe online at WednesdayComics.com. So go there and see that. Uh, Garrett, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Invincible Volume 1 Family Matters written by uh, Robert Kirkman with art by Corey Walker. There you go, Invincible. I actually already, already downloaded it at Garrett and started reading it. So, uh, nice. Uh, hey, definitely, um, so far as... I, I remember, like, I read it two, three years ago, at least that first volume, um, and I remember enjoying it then, but also I was going to read it now, and then uh, when we get closer to the actual show, I'm going to go through and make some notes, because it ain't like that, that um, show's coming out. I don't know when for this and mm-hmm. so uh it's just a fun series and so i mean it definitely does get kind of uh action-packed uh but the first uh volume at least i remember being very very fun so um rainbowcomicscards.com defend the source for all things comic books by the way also i don't know what happened i fucking crashed like five minutes ago <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know i mean you know i i feel like it's gotten a million degrees in this room which it probably has uh, and, uh, um, I almost feel like somebody shot me with an elephant tranquilizer, trank, 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 right in the fucking neck and the jug. <laughs> uh, so we are finishing off this show nice and strong. Um, roots of the swamp thing.com definitive source for all things. Swamp thing. Holland files volume five, uh, coming soon. Also go to Holland files. No, that's not something. Uh, go to Twitter at <laughs> DC World Swampy or Facebook.com slash Roots of the Swamp. I, I literally just told you. I am almost down for the count. I don't know what happened, but I am getting there. Uh, by the way, it snowed today. I didn't ask you about the weather, Alex. Uh, uh, it snowed today, and it didn't stick, obviously. To not not what What's the, the word? Not cold enough? I, when does it stick to the floor? What does it have to happen? <laughs> uh, so for the most part, I assume the concrete still had to be warm enough. We've had enough sunlight, and it was 80 degrees just like two days ago. So there's enough residual heat to just warm up the snow when it hit the ground. Was it 80 degrees actually, two in the, days in ago? In the grass and stuff at my house, I actually did get a little more uh, sticking to the ground for a little bit. Anyways, you think it would be warm, I mean cold in this room, but it's not. It's hot. So, um, <laughs> by the way, also. It's getting to that time of year when squirrels obviously are uh, getting fat so they can uh, sleep through the winter. <clears throat> and we have these two squirrels that live exclusively in our front yard. There's a tree there. Uh, I don't think they've ever left the last, at least the last three years. Uh, I know it's the same fucking two squirrels. Uh, and they get fat in one of two ways. Uh, they eat out of my trash. And I cannot stop these guys. No matter what I do with this trash, they're in it. Um, this f- squirrel was eating a pizza one day. He ripped <laughs> open the bag and took a slice of pizza out of there. And at first I was like, squirrels eat meat? 
And I looked it up, and they do eat meat. They eat fucking birds, bro. Um, <laughs> and second, my son had went to the uh, pumpkin patch and got a pumpkin. I walk outside, and the squirrel is fucking knee deep inside the the, the pumpkin, eating the fucking seeds. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we gotta go buy you a new pumpkin. But look, I showed him. I go, look at this guy, and he was just, like just staring at us eating. And I was like, dude, won't even run away. He's like, hey, I got a pumpkin here. I'm not going to run away. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know what the point of that story was. Uh, I actually uh, forgot why I brought it up. So um, once again, uh, trank on my neck. Uh, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. I think there might be more, but I cannot remember. So, uh, oh, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> at Wednesday Comics, at Garot2188, at Alex Mistral, at Marvel underscore Saguero. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter. Um, you might want to wait to to follow me. I'm a little bit angry right now on Twitter, so uh, wait until after uh, uh, the election. I won't talk about politics anymore. So um, <laughs> you don't want to tweet a couple of things that are not politics. You know, I got to talk about this uh, that this uh, um, uh, future state Batman. He's got a helmet on. It looks like it. You know, just like a a bike helmet. Which Alex, tell me this. If you were Batman and you were flying building to building, <clears throat> is a bike helmet a good thing to wear to save your skull from cracking if you fall down? Yeah, I mean, for a couple tries until that helmet breaks. Then your skull is become a cantaloupe and just crack right open. Is it graded for 120 feet falls? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he has the spikes, so the spikes land first, right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, so his ears break and then burst into his brain. <laughs> he hey lands perfectly straight up He's with those chance. ears, and then it just snaps his neck. Yeah. <laughs> what movie was it? I don't know. It might have been Batman or Robin where that legitly happens. His ears, like, go against a wall, and he can't be shoved or something. Hey, the Batman, was, Batman, the Batman was delayed, too. All these movies getting delayed. It's, mm-hmm. This Wonder yeah, Woman... Wasn't it supposed to come out soon? When's it coming out? December? It's supposed to come out October 2nd. Well, I guess not. Oh, that got delayed too. Yeah, right? To next year. Yeah. I think everyone's just going to wait till after COVID. Like, I think, like, what did Tenet make? Like, only $50 million in theaters? And, like, you know what's funny? Uh, not funny. But what I find intriguing is that there are movies coming out in theaters still, right? And I see a new story every week being like, this movie's number one at the box office. It made $3 million and just laughed to myself being like, there's no way that would even be fucking top 10 normally. But yet these movies right. are like, fuck, I'm number one. So that means in their commercials, when the movie's coming out, they'd be like the number one movie, uh, the number one comedy of the summer. <laughs> and it's like, did you make $3 million? Five people saw your fucking movie. Uh, but I guess you can call yourself number one. Which, by the way, speaking of number one, uh, because it happened so early in the year, Bad Boys for Life is still the number one grossing movie of the year. So uh, huh. um, the Oscars are definitely going to be intriguing. You know, Bad Boys for Life for Best Picture. Uh, what else did we have come out this year for Best Picture um, at the beginning of the year? Uh, we definitely... Oh, we have Harley Sonic. Quinn. Sonic hit the Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic came out. Uh, the, the, Vin, the Vin Diesel Blood, blood Spot or Bloodshot. Bloodshot. <laughs> You know what? I take it back. Not Bad Boys for Life for Best Picture. Sonic the Hedgehog. Jim Carrey is going to win an Oscar for Best Actor. Sonic the Hedgehog is going to win for Best Supporting Actor. And uh, Best Picture uh, for that movie. So 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know what? We just got. I just got to fucking end this shit, or I'm gonna fucking pass out. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Wednesday comics, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey everyone, stay healthy and keep turning those pages.